because like again can't help make the comparison to regular sports but a lot of that is pay-per-view or like uh, like if you want to watch cricket or football it's often you know you have to pay sky to watch it everything's free and it's it's crazy there's yeah. no way this is sustainable <laughs> Hey, thanks for joining us. This is Future Shift, where we understand how the world is changing through the new jobs and industries being created. I'm your host, Jacob Pratt, and today we're talking esports. Esports is a rapidly growing industry with a dedicated fan base, estimated annual audience of 450 million, and revenue of over $1 billion. We're joined by my old friend, Peter York, a software engineer in the esports industry, also studying machine learning and analytics for esports, to talk about the future shift here. We talk about the inevitable comparison to regular sports, the different behaviours of esports consumers, and whether people's passion for gaming leads to exploitation. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Um, but we'll maybe do that later because I want to go from like the start broadly, like what is esports and where did it come from. I mean, esports, I don't know, when people talk about it, they say that it's, you know, been around basically forever because, you know, uh, anything where it was like competitive video games, mm-hmm. you know, that's a, that's an esport. So like, I, I think, I feel like the ones that, the earliest ones I've seen people quoting is like some, I want to say Tetris or Pac-Man, Whoa. maybe even Space Invaders tournament in like New York or something, you know, in like 70s or 80s. Okay, like literally, um, like people around like an arcade machine, or yeah, exactly, like bunch of bunch of people, and then I guess if it were Tetris, it would be like who gets the highest score or whatever. And but anyway, you know, like competitions like that where they, you know, people go to some hall mm. and they have like a like get a convention center or something and like do this cool old arcade game competition. So mm. the, the I would say like the early examples of like modern understanding of esports would be like you know quake in the 90s and like that that's probably like a pretty early one that like quake and unreal tournament and games like that first person shooters and then a, a similar time hmm. in korea I, I don't know really like where it started but korea was where it like first got like became a really big thing as far as i'm aware like and particularly with starcraft you know the original starcraft from like 98 i think mm-hmm. maybe 97 i forget um but the that real-time strategy game really kicked off and was very popular and that was where you saw first saw like esports athletes um you're not going to be able to see this but i'm constantly doing like air quotes because you know it's okay. <laughs> okay using sporting terminology yeah uh you know esports players becoming like uh sort of household names and like having huge advertising contracts and being like david beckham or whatever mm. um so that that sort of like i guess that hasn't really caught on elsewhere but like it's still like a thing at least a subculture where you get people caring about it as much or more than like you know real sports okay well no well as much you know like basically like people get really invested in it love that you know their favorite teams all this kind of thing Mm -hmm. um yeah because i think that kind of chimes in a bit with what i maybe experienced like growing up like i used to play like crash team racing but had no like sense of any kind of wider esports world outside of that and then like super smash bros maybe was the first one which like opened my eyes to the fact that um Mm. there was like wide esports happening but then only really with the advent of like youtube where you could like see stuff on your algorithm happening that's i don't know 
um, when it became a bit bigger. Yeah, well, when you can see the stuff happening on your algorithm, that's that's. that's... <laughs> <laughs> this lockdown has turned my life like into just like <laughs> tiles of YouTube. It's <laughs> all I see now. Um, okay, so yeah, so esports started pretty underground. Is still pretty underground, but has like uh, gotten uh, a lot bigger. Would you say? I wouldn't say it's underground. It's just like I, I don't know. I just don't buy into the like. It's gonna esports is gonna be the next football or whatever. But it's like I don't know. If I'd uh, read this East Nielsen esports playbook recently, I could maybe tell you like, oh, it's as big as golf. <laughs> um, but I can't. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I mean, like, okay, so like for some context, that would be like a gives you some idea and is sort of layman interpretable and is just something I can say which is true and factual. Yeah. At the uh, ESL, which is like the biggest esports tournament organizer mm. and the company for which I work, at their Dota tournaments, they are sponsored by Mercedes-Benz and DHL and they have like pretty big sponsorship there. So like, mm. you know, it's like real companies getting into it and sponsoring it, not just like Intel and, you know, all the uh, computer companies who are mm. directly selling things. Not just like, and, stand, yeah. and if you go like, if you see the like stadium, the stadiums full out, and it's like maybe not quite as much as like you know a Premiership football team, but there are big crowds, and it's it's pretty exciting stuff to be there. Yeah, because compared to like the the history that like football has or like rugby has, like literally hundreds of years, um, and like running through families, like esports, I like, you wouldn't pick it up from your dad, would you? It's something you would have to like discover through your friends or through just like looking online and stuff. Um, but yeah, that's that, that's kind of interesting. That it's actually getting like proper uh, funding um, and like non-techie companies wanting to basically join on the bandwagon. Um, but so how? So like, what are your? Because I know we talked about this before. Like, what are your thoughts on why esports is an interesting thing to follow compared to football or compared to rugby? So, so for a certain type of person, generally they're much more complicated than most sports i can't speak to american football which is obviously like sort of like one of the big confusing uh complicated like physical sports but like compared to football there's one so much going on in like a lot of them mm. so it's so the ones that i'm into like uh starcraft and mobas which are like sort of these 5v5 team games where everyone has like these unique here so everyone like within a game you choose a new hero man I don't even know where to begin with this stuff. So, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Can like you, you, you know what director is, and you like. So for me, when I talk about this stuff, it's like, how do I remember all of the things that I don't know? How would you yeah. describe Dota in a sentence? Sorry, all of the stuff that I know that people wouldn't know. Yeah, it's it is a five v five multiplayer game where you are yeah like playing as a hero and you are trying to kill uh, small like automated enemies but also um kill your opponents to in order to take their territory um and it's kind of this cycle of like leveling up um, in order to get new skills um and become better and defeat more of the lower enemies and then take territory from your opponents and kill your opponents and just basically take their final base right at the end yeah so that's all true and i guess trying to work out why that's interesting it's like in these games it's like there's so many interaction so the, these mm. heroes that we talk about they're so unique there's they have so many different spells that like interact in such unique ways so that there's like no two games are really the same 
mm-hmm. there, or well, you know, there's a lot more variety. Whereas, it's like, so compared to football, which was, I guess, way back the original point I was trying to make, is like every game is different. Whereas in football, I feel like I've seen everything. Mm. I like, you know, I used to follow football as a teenager, and it was good. But there's a limit. Like, you see a good goal, and you're still like, wow, that's very impressive. But like, you don't see something where it's like, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, there is. There are. I, I don't know. Like, I'm gonna like wildly misrepresent it but there are like say 15 or 20 attacking strategies you could have in football there there are thereabouts maybe more maybe less um whereas in uh dota or kind of any of those games there's like a massive there's 117 heroes and if you think of the combinations of different heroes that exist and so there's 117 and you pick five onto your team uh having done some work on like uh predicting who will win based on the that are selected i assure you that like you don't never see all of the combinations hmm. like it's just like actually com- you know it's combinatorial math so it it's surprising how quickly it grows and there's so many different ways things can play out in these games and one of the things that really stuck with me a more an easier comparison to make is that like in football or most you know sports basically or once the ball goes out everything resets Mm-hmm. Um, so this has like a couple of interesting comparisons where like in these esports games at least the ones I'm into the strategy games you kind of your advantages and the resources you get build up over the course of the game so if you make a mistake early on it can come back to bite, bite you later mm-hmm. in a way that in football if they don't score a goal you can have some amazing play it builds up for ages and then you miss and then it was for nothing yeah that 10 minutes of amazing play doesn't have any continued impact on the game yeah. other than like psychological yeah, exactly. Um, so that's like one of the things that I really like about it is like you get to see this game build up and you get like a storyline within a game that you don't get as much hmm. with uh, traditional sports. And it means that like literally every every minute matters because every minute that you're not yeah. getting resources or improving your improving your players or whatever yeah. means that other players are doing that and you're becoming more of a disadvantage. And another thing is that it's you could like I, I guess you can't really put a it's it's less of a direct com- no it's comparison you watch the pros do it and then you can just immediately go and try that hmm. if hmm. you are into football and you want to like try something that you've seen in a pro game or like you know you're inspired to go out and play it's like well do it can i find 21 other people right now whereas in dota or starcraft it's like you just if you have some friends you can hit up the ladder with them and that's amazing or if it's not then you just like go play with some randos on the internet and you can still try what you've just seen and you can still have that inspiration and just go out and play it, you know? Mm, there's like that, there's basically like a faster feedback loop. If you see something you you want to yeah. try, you do it and you get feedback on like if you... Yeah, and, and I guess it's also, yeah, it's just easier in some ways to have that like trying to match the pros. Not that not to say that what they're not do, doing isn't like, you can't replicate it, but there is an element of like, yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's I've I've literally never thought about that before. Like, because I feel like that's that's kind of what I do in a lot of uh, stuff, and uh, like basically everyone does. What you see someone on YouTube, whether it's a like a cool bit of software you want to try out, um, or like uh, for me, like went went through a stage when we were making loads of stuff of like seeing a cool design, and then we'd uh, like make a like a fun image using Photoshop or GIMP or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and be able to do that in sports and do that really quickly is quite um yeah. yeah like quite rewarding yeah it's cool yeah
Okay, so so yeah, it differs in in quite a few ways. So like, first, like, what are the big games like in esports at the moment? Just for kind of context. Uh, so I would say the biggest three probably Counter Strike, Dota, and League of Legends. Uh, Dota and League of Legends are the two that we've just talked about, and they're like MOBAs, which are this yeah five v five, really complicated, loads of different spells, really unique heroes that do all these various different things mm-hmm. um and then counter-strike is basically just a shooter it's like a complicated tactical shooter but fundamentally it's more understandable than the other ones mm-hmm. and it's uh but it's good shit and like in so in all of these games that are big in esports like i, I was i was trying to have a think about what goes into like making uh like like, like making a big esports broadcast that people could watch um mm-hmm. and i kind of split it down into like three sections which was like people making the actual game and like upkeeping uh mm-hmm. like multiplayer servers and stuff like that uh there are the teams and like players actually playing the game mm-hmm. and then there's all the stuff that goes into like the broadcast yeah um does that cover most of like most of like well... the jobs that go into making some of these things really big so, yeah, but then a lot of those are like have lots of hidden jobs, right? Yeah. <laughs> like the teams, um, generally there are sports organizations that are just like sports teams. In fact, like uh, one of the Dota teams got bought by PSG LGD. So there's, sorry, by PSG, Paris Saint-Germain, they're like big football team. Oh, wow. LGD okay. is the Dota team. And then there are a couple of other instances of like, yeah, like traditional physical sport teams buying esports organizations but yeah they have you know big organizations with people managing the team with people you know the organize all of the sponsorship of the teams all this kind of thing just all of the things any kind of esports right sorry any kind of sports organization will need Mm. an esports organization will need Mm -hmm. um the broadcast there's a lot going into a broadcast because normally these are live events as well so it's like events management and generally because of so compared to let's say well almost all sports you don't have they don't have their own stadiums whereas mm-hmm. like everywhere else they and these purpose-built stadiums that are owned by the clubs right in in esports you have to like you know they they generally don't have leagues in the same way and they don't have teams traveling to each other to play at the you know the other ground they play yeah like Mm. All right, so they do have tournaments but you have to go to them they'll be in some town and they'll you know these tournament organizers travel around the world organizing tournaments so they have to you know yeah it's not it's not to it's... find find some city speak find a state book it out move everyone there for the weekend set up your stage on that stadium mm. you know this kind of thing it's, it's not more like a it's got like aspects of like i guess that you'd probably get in the music tour industry or something you know uh, okay yeah yeah, because it's, yeah, it's not like you're playing, you know, the the PSG team. Uh, you're no. going to Paris in order to play them on their home turf. It's more... Yeah. It, it, is, is it more like competition play where, where you'll hire out a place for like a day or two and have lots yeah. of different matches compared to Most, like a league? So this is get, getting a bit different because there are like... So, in, so ESL are doing some leagues for Counter-Strike and especially with coronavirus, there are... Um, these days uh leagues in dota release which are the, is the one that i follow hmm. where it's like you know 
a league where everyone plays against each other and it's more of that kind of like slower a few games a week format right mm-hmm. yeah whereas generally historically it's been more like i guess there's to some extent a hangover of the fact that it was something that you wouldn't they didn't have the same infrastructure so people had to go to like big lands and like play at them and that was the only way that you could have a tournament mm. so basically the, the way you still is mostly apart from as i say uh, under these sort of strange times we're like in precisely right now mm. you know you go it's like a tournament that takes a, a week maybe two weeks mm. may, like a week and a half say in some city somewhere all the teams travel there they have it's like a mini world cup or something you know one yeah. of those kind of things whereas they have a group stage and then a knockout stage and yeah yeah but it condensed into like a week and a half or so okay so is so yeah so the tournaments are, are kind of condensed just because of the fact that what matches yeah. they're, they're probably about the same length but you can you can have almost one straight after the other right and crowds can stay in yeah. and see the same I, I guess yeah one of the things is that like compared to regular sports you can just play all day players play yeah. All day. <laughs> yeah that might be a feature or a factor that causes that um i guess there are a number of factors but that's just kind of the norm now so it's that's just how how it be yeah that's kind of that's kind of interesting because it's like a whole different set of like endurance skills like mental endurance yeah. versus physical yeah um, and when i've played in like magic the gathering tournaments where i've played all day it's like you you think oh i love playing this game i could play it all day no problem yeah and it's, <laughs> it's funny how that's not true okay <laughs> How quickly that that turns. How quickly you could be like, oh shit, man. I've been playing for five hours. <laughs> like, I love this shit, but like, I my brain is mush now. That's it. Because um, when we played Magic, I remember like when we played in Hong Kong. And I don't know how long that was. That must have been three or four hours. But that felt like the perfect amount of time. Wait, did we? We didn't play for that in Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah. You didn't play Magic there? Yeah. What did we play? We drafted. Um and oh, then we drafted yeah. in an actual in an actual group. And I remember because yeah, you yeah. got super salty because your opponent quit or something. <laughs> so you were the only person who didn't have three matches. And I think I got like slammed by some like sl- slightly you know, like I don't want to get salty about it, but some sort of draws in like a, a bad draft or something. Like I felt like I'd you know, drafted in a disciplined way and you know, I'd been on the back someone yeah. leaves and it's like well now i remember that that was good and i how i recall i wanted to add something to earlier right because i yeah. feel like we've somewhat poo-pooed how big these things are uh, <laughs> is, you know uh we've been like oh you know it's it's not sports yet but um so the dota international you know that's a thirty million dollar prize pool, so like these, Whoa. you know, nineteen team, thirty million dollars goes out to the teams at the end of it, and that's uh, the top team. Like the winning team gets like ten over ten million dollars. Well, so, I mean, this this has got to be one of the biggest tournaments in the world. Like, I can't think of many tournaments with bigger prize money than that. I mean, like, I think of like Wimbledon as like a few million. And that's one of the biggest events yeah. in the UK. But how, how much does how much does a single person in Wimbledon get? How much does the males winner male winner get? Then the male and female winners. I both... just googled Wimbledon. It just says cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they get nothing this year. <laughs> it's I, like two million. Cancel culture has come for Wimbledon now. 
So the winner of the gentleman singles is 2.2 million. So the single winner basically gets sim. That was in 2017 as well. So that's, I don't know, a little bit old. Yeah. Like a 10% increase. And that's in of Wimbledon will get more than a single winner at TI. Yeah. But like it's 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 comparable. Like it's comparable. It's comparable, yeah. yeah. Same ballpark. Which is which is like like kind of mad. Like I, I don't Which is bigger than you think. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Like I d I well, don't it's know. It's bigger than I think I know. <laughs> How many viewers is like the TI getting, the international? Um I don't know. Uh but I know that uh what basically the the way they get the money, the prize pool is determined by credit and basically people buy the in-game they're called battle passes and mm. that gives you like skins in the game so like things to make your characters look a bit nicer quests that you can do so like ways to play the game a little bit differently that get you some extra sort of in-game points mm. and so you buy one of those for like eight pounds or 30 pounds to get like a special version mm. and then people enough people buy them that like that's the entire way they fund that tournament and to be clear tw- the 34 million billion dollars is only 25 percent of what they get from the battle pass really like i guess they pocket most of the rest and spend a little bit on actually make you know broadcasting the tournament and running the tournament yeah it's um from bits that are kind of so they're not they don't they don't affect your gameplay they just affect like stuff yeah the game is completely free yeah it's like it's just uh you know you get like cool uh yeah cool things that cosmetics that make your hero look cool and you know mm. people know different people have different motivations yeah like, yeah, yeah. Um, i buy it because i play a lot of the game so i want to support it and man i got a cool looking earth shaker and axe last year and i'm really happy with how yeah. my axe looks yeah people i don't know i don't know about psychology but i think people have more incentives in general in life i think so um okay so that's that's like the so I'm 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 kind of interested in what what mm. is special because you said you know esports and general team management is about the same, but is there anything like extra that goes into Ooh, esports? I didn't say that. I said I supposed that. <laughs> As our resident expert uh, on esports on the pod, Pete, um, I, I'm going to take that supposition. In esports and knowing next to nothing about regular sports <laughs> yeah um but like in the in the teams because i i don't know much let's about just say it, it's the same as, let's just say that esports is the same as tennis can we just settle on that and be done? i think i think we all agree esports and tennis are the same sport <laughs> and that I, a... my favorite esport is anna Kornikova tennis on the ps1 <laughs> <laughs> My favorite deep cut for all the ninety kids, nineties kids out there. My favorite uh, esport is tennis on the original Game Boy. I played that game so much. Wow, I loved it. That's how you got so good at tennis. That is how. That is how I got. I mean, maybe I got reactions from that. Who could say? Yeah. Um. But like, so so teams in esports, the management behind that, there is, there is bound to be some extra, uh, extra stuff yeah. that goes into that. For example, data analytics or a different type of coaching. Like how, like how how much you know about that kind of stuff? I guess I guess probably they have someone instead of who buys football boots, but someone who buys mice, for example. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know if I can give you a non-facetious answer because 
I wasn't really paying attention to the question. <laughs> I was going to say, what are the uh, unique jobs to like team management in esports? And you said someone will buy mice, which I mean is probably legit, but they'll probably do other stuff. Um, like I was thinking more like around data analytics, whether there's a greater. Um, in, I don't know about Counter Strike or like say fighting games, but in Dota, I know people are very. I, so I think SAP, who are like a database company, but do some analytics and stuff, mm-hmm. they have um, generally, they've sort of tried to break into the Dota analytics sphere and like, you know, they've got, they sponsor the ESL tournament. I don't know. I think basically the teams themselves are pretty skeptical of it. Uh, at least in MOBAs they are because it's so... They, the numbers aren't there for like working out the kind of things that people want to work out. Well, is if, it is it more around just like practice and experience and actually probably the players? Yeah, more people trust they... their intuition. The players trust their intuition about like what's a good matchup, what why things work, which heroes are good against each other, things like that. They trust their own intuitions like a lot more than analytics. I think. Mm. Okay. Um, you could. There's a video by this guy Heen who's like a really successful coach. Um, he was like a reasonably successful player and he's like a coach of Team Secret now who are like probably the best team right now and he's coached Team Liquid when they won it in TI7 mm-hmm. shout out to Team Liquid <laughs> my boys I was so proud of you uh, but he's got video yeah, analytics is trash okay <laughs> uh, so you know you can you can put this in the show notes or whatever you do uh, yeah send me the link Okay, so we talked about our teams. Um, we talked a little bit about the broadcast. How how do you think? Like again, can't help make the comparisons to regular sports, but um, a lot of that is pay per view or like uh, like if you want to watch cricket or football, it's often you know you have to pay Sky to watch it. Everything's free and it's it's crazy. There's yeah. no way this is sustainable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what? How? So what people like watch I mean, this kind I, of media I, I, on every, Twitch? Everything has to sort of go this way because, like, that's just what uh, I don't know. I don't want to be like a pop sociologist or something, but like you know, people are used to Netflix now. People uh, like gamers in particular. Everything's free on Twitch, and no one's going to go back from. Um, what 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 would happen if Twitch started to like monetize their platform a bit more? So they they introduce like a like a subscription in order to watch some of the like key events uh i don't know but i i know that they're like i don't know man gamers are absolutely entitled uh when <laughs> and like this is maybe like maybe this sounds a bit weird because of awful but when esl did a uh sort of what you call it a uh exclusive deal with facebook so like a couple of years ago mm. it, it went down like um, it went down like cat sick. What's the uh, fun phrase? Anyway, basically everyone hated it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, people really got angry at ESL, and they, you know, they did all their broadcasts on Facebook, and people just didn't. Some people just didn't watch the tournaments. Other people went to people who were just like sort of uh, broadcasting it on, and weren't the official broadcast and stuff like that. So like hmm. that, I don't know. People have expectations and i you know 
I, it's strange. I don't know what will happen, but I, I, I suspect it won't go down well if if people try and monetize it. But it, I mean, because you only need one person not to monetize it to like do their own free one, and then suddenly all of the ones that cost money. Yeah, but we we were but we were talking about uh, how we listen to music right before this. Yeah, and you were talking about Bandcamp, which is yeah. uh, I mean. It's not free because you pay for the artist, but like yeah. the app is free. Um, you can you can listen to like bits of music on it. Um, yeah. There's also like, and and like I I used to like pirate loads of music for free, yeah. um, but now through Spotify, through Apple Music, through yeah. what Deezer or something, um, all there are all these things of like paid for Spotify, uh, paid for music. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you think esports are just slightly behind the curve on it? Well, I mean, like, yeah, you can uh, you can maybe do something like uh, Spotify or Netflix, like I said, but still going to be a lot less money than they get from you know Sky Sports gets when people pay for Sky Sports, right? Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Some something's going to have to change in how things are monetized. But um, I mean, you'll you know my personal stance, which is that the economy has to change, and that mm. uh, capitalism is a blight on society and all this stuff. So like. Hopefully, any any discussions about monetization are going to become pointless because we go out of lockdown and people realize that everything has been wrong for so long. And and there's a bigger change yeah. that happens that esports kind of slots into. Yeah. So um, so yeah, I guess my answer to you is don't worry about it, man. <laughs> okay, uh, I had a few things I wanted to ask at the end, which were um, based off similar questions to that one, actually. Uh, for example, where next for esports and what new jobs in the future? Um, I'm feeling your <laughs> thoughts on this aren't going to be. Um, I'm going uh, yeah, to be that much more than what you've already said. I, I think it will like the kind of jobs that will exist are the same ones as for regular sports, but there'll be there ought to be less money in it, and I think there's more exploitation of people who it happens in general in the game industry and also in esports in particular where people will work for free or not very much because it's air quotes what they love which is good you know and that you know gives you an idea of how like you know people will work very incentive but Mm. um yeah like i say like people will get exploited people (laughs) will do the same jobs that you need for regular sports broadcast but they'll get paid less for it because there's less money in it because people won't pay for it hmm Cool. Well, Except seems... Dota. Dota is like really, like I said, obviously people play, pay, have paid a lot into Dota, but Dota has a niche specific audience that's like the same as Magic the Gathering. And if you don't know about Magic the Gathering, it's like a long, it's a long explanation, but like, it's just a super... people love those games because it's so complicated and it, you can't replicate it elsewhere. And like, people will say like Hearthstone and uh, League of Legends are the same thing as Dota and Magic, but they're not really because. They have a more dedicated fan base. Who yeah, will... like the, there's actually a, a cool, really cool graph. Uh, I'll send you the Twitch. There's like the Twitch did this thing of like uh, Twitch graph of like community connectedness or something, where it sort of showed you like people who watch streams of a certain game, hmm. uh, like h- how many of them watch streams of another game, and like Dota is just like completely on its own. And like really? uh, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and World of Tanks, but no one watches World of Tanks. <laughs> Let me just give you this link. 
Oh, so the people who are really invested in Dota aren't invested in any other game, either for reasons of they've got no space because Dota takes up so much like uh, brain space for it, or they're just not interested in anything else because nothing matches it. Yeah. So if you you bottle lightning and create Dota or Magic the Gathering, then you don't really have to worry about like magic clog that up like they the game is they keep ruining it not ruining it (laughs) they keep doing things that people hate in standard which is like the sort of flagship format and they keep getting cards banned because they don't know how to balance and the end result of this is that like i don't know man like so people keep buying it because people who play magic and people who play dota you know in both of them, there's this sort of thing of like nobody ever quits, no one leaves. It's it's, it's like a lifestyle. Yeah, people will say they quit, but they'll be back. Yeah, <laughs> just because there's nothing else quite like the community around it and the like uh, yeah, the, puzzle the solving. The yeah. Exactly. They're both so deep and so ridiculous that like you just can't get the same thing elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so where was I going with that? Oh, basically, yeah, they keep fucking up at Wizards of the Coast, and it's so <laughs> bad. <laughs> But uh, pup- no one will ever properly leave them. Nice. And no one will properly leave us. Thank you for joining the podcast, Poop. What's the podcast <laughs> called? You just said you just called it the podcast. <laughs> joining what? Uh, the podcast. No, no, thank you for joining the podcast, Poop. <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> So massive thank you again to Peter York for joining and uh, thank you for listening. Uh, Speak to you soon.